Welcome, guys, to the Gridiron Gurus Podcast. I'm your host, Keith. I'm joined by the Coach King, and I'm also joined by Austin. And we're going to do our weekly recap, and we're, we're Tennessee fans here. Uh, we try to do all the games, look at all the games, you know, pick the games, what we're going to be doing on Saturday. But the one game that we really wanted to see, one game we all watched every minute of, was the UT-Bama game, and that's the game we're going to be talking about, the only game we're going to be talking about this week. And – as a Tennessee fan, it was great to see not only Tennessee be competitive in the game, but also win. Um, but just to be in that, you know, that spotlight nationally was was, was great. Just you know, and people want to say what they want to about rushing the field, but this has been about 15 years in the making for Alabama. But even not just Alabama, Tennessee's not been relevant really nationally probably since Kiffin was here, which has been 12 years ago at this point. Uh, with the exception of maybe 2016, um, but you know, for me, it's 12 years of just not being there, not being in that conversation, and then Saturday rolls around and we are there. So just being in that moment as a fan was, was kind of cool. I figured you were going to talk the longest, so I was going to let you go first. Save um, <laughs> the best for last. Um I'll be honest, guys. This was probably the only game that I watched, like the whole game, uh, on Saturday. I know that's awful, um, but it took. I mean, it took up most of the day. Um, I watched this game. I watched a good portion of Clemson, Florida State. Uh, watched pieces of LSU, Florida. Um, but this is pretty much the game. This was the one that, and it wasn't just me. It was you know most of the country. Uh, this was the most watched um, game of the day, the most watched Tennessee game of the season, the most watched Tennessee Alabama Al- Tennessee and Alabama game ever. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head. It uh, a lot of built up frustration and disappointment as Tennessee fans that just kind of got relieved. That the CS be able, even be able to compete. Like my thing was, if we can just compete in this game, I'm excited about where the program's headed. Um, for him to not only compete but to win the game, I'm talking about Hopple here. Um, in the in the short amount of time that he's done it, mm-hmm. uh, it's unbelievable, it's remarkable. Um, with this, the hand that he's been dealt with all the people that have transferred, and you know um, the the sanctions that we were we were dealt and all that. Um, I think it's awesome. I want us to continue that. I hope we, you know, can take care of business these next two weeks uh, and before we get to Georgia. That's my fear. We're talking so much about this game, and I hope that, it, you know, the, I hope the players are not listening to us talk about this game because we're talking so much about this game. The media's talking so much about this game. You know, all the, the, the fans of college football are talking so much about this game that it's almost like we've already won everything, and we've not. we got a lot more left to do. And uh, but but it does feel like we were destined to win that game, all the way down to. The, did anybody else feel that way? Like I feel like we were destined to win that game. Like it was just, and I say that because I say this, uh, the the scoop and score, we're right. it's tie ball game, uh, bad exchange. Um, Hooker thought you know thought he handed it, um, Small thought he pulled it, and they scoop and scored, and I thought oh gosh, that's ball game. We go down tight. Well, then they'd make the drive down there. I thought, oh, man, what a heartbreaker to lose on a field goal. And the kicker misses wide right. You know, I mean, like, 
that's destiny, in my opinion. You know, people to talk back to that '98 season, and I've been talking about '98, you know, forever. But that '98 season with Arkansas, yeah, that game was destined, destiny. Like they were destined to win that game. You, you look at the plays that happened in order for them to win that game. Um, quarterback puts the ball on the ground. Why he he went down with the ball? Who knows? But to me, I feel like we were just destined to win that game. And so I hope we keep that going. Uh, but as a fan, it was just cool to see us be able to actually compete and win. Well, I will add as well. Not only did you beat Alabama at their at their greatest with Bryce Young, who's going to be in New York again this year. Oh yeah. The first quarter of that game, we really pulled away, and in a lot of ways, Bama just did not look like Alabama, like they looked. And they, they've already said it after the fact. A lot of penalties, which continued throughout the game, they just looked almost, like, scared mm-hmm. of Neyland. And that's something I've, I've not seen in my entire lifetime. And, you know, Will Anderson came out after the game and actually said just that. They had a lot of anxiety before the game. Nick Saban could tell it before the game. But what was really impressive for me was that not only did you in the 15-year losing streak. But you weathered, like, a lot of punches. Mm-hmm. I mean, think back 20 years, and that scooping score in the fourth quarter, what other Tennessee team comes back from that? Oh, there's none. And wins the game. Like, there are so many teams in the country – that would that would happen and it would just be game over. Like right. heads would drop, game over. Because I mean, at at that point, Tennessee had played f- flawless. Honestly, like you could have not have played a better game. You make a bonehead mistake and it ends up giving Bama was it that their first lead of the game? Yes. I mean, could have easily just dropped their heads and said, "Man, we let that one slip away." But right. they go down the field two plays, and what fifteen seconds or so, twenty seconds. Was that kick a field goal that actually there was a lot of speculation on? I think he, I well, think it, this was the, I'm even ahead, yeah. But the field goal, there was a lot of speculation on whether or not it was actually blocked. It was definitely tipped. I don't think it was. No, there 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 was another video that came out that it was most definitely tipped. Really? Like the trajectory of the ball changes, and that's why it looks so ugly. And it still, I mean, that thing didn't have like but a foot. Over the goalpost, mm-hmm. going in. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know. I'm. I'm 23. Last time we beat Alabama, I was seven. And I. I don't even remember that. I mean, we're right. way too young. So. What was What was most impressive for me was the the punches you you came back from because. Bryce Young was a hundred percent healthy. Oh, like there was there good. was a lot of he speculation on whether or not he was going to be eighty percent or seventy percent. Jameer Jameer Gibbs ran for a hundred. I thought honestly you bottled him up pretty well. They did. I think they did a really good job on him. He he made he. I'm not even going to say they're broken tackles because on a guy like him, he's just special. Like oh, if you don't if you don't get a hand on him, I don't really know if it's a broken. Like he's just a special player. There was times that we should have had him dead to rights in the backfield, and he makes one jump cut. Well, they're, they're, one, one simple cut. And the guy's tackling air. I mean, he's just grabbing at nothing. And There's a Mar- specific play that I think passing. of where we, I can't. I don't know if it was Byron Young or, or Tyler Barron where he 
which is a free edge rusher. Maybe, maybe we sent a backer, like an outside backer, off the edge. I think it was that was one of the DNs. I think it was free free rush guy. He's running right down the line of scrimmage like he's supposed to. Jameer Gibbs, as soon as he cradles the ball, takes one step, mm-hmm. and he's out. Right, and he's just he's just special like that. But Bryce Young threw for what like four hundred and fifty yards, Some, and you somewhere in that you range. still beat that. That's mm-hmm. crazy. You score fifty two on Alabama. That's not been done since nineteen oh six against Sewanee. Nineteen oh seven. It's just like unheard of things, and it's in year two of Josh Heupel. Right. And we're not going to sit here and act like, especially this Tennessee offense, like they're special athletes. But these aren't even his guys. Like, right. Well, some of them are. Hendon Hooker, some, some of them transfer are from transfers. That he now, obviously, obviously, we got super lucky with Hendon Hooker. He was a transfer under Jeremy Pruitt. Oh, I thought Pru- Hooker came in under. No, okay. he was he was Jeremy Pruitt, okay. Jalen Hyatt, Jeremy Pruitt, Cedric Tillman, sat yeah. on the bench, but he was, you know. So, and the amount of I'm gonna sit here and talk for an hour. The amount of recruits. Oh, that were at the game. Carnell Tate tweeting during the game. He's been he's been verbally committed to Ohio State for how many weeks now, or how many months? Like oh, a long it's, it's time. Been months, yes. Like it's just this is like. They did, yeah. There were there were several Ohio State did. There were several really? big time commits that were specifically told by their school, you know, not to attend this game. Or that's the speculation. I've not read enough into that, but there's just like not a better definition of a program changing win. And you're in the talks for the playoffs. Like you could you could get beat by Georgia. And still have a solid shot at winning or making it. You have an argument. to the college an football playoff. Agree. Yeah, and I'm and I'm and I say you have an argument because I try to look at this as far as the playoff commit playoff as not a Tennessee fan. I try to look at it just just you know with. Well, I think they have the most impressive resume of all college football. I would right agree. Now. I would agree. And I think if that happens, if Tennessee does not beat Georgia, and we're going to go down that rabbit hole in a, in a minute, but. You would, you know, Ohio State, Michigan are going to play. And whoever wins that game will be in the Big Ten title game, and they would have to win it, which they probably will. That's There's two. Uh, we talk, we're going to talk about in our game picks tomorrow about TCU, who's undefeated, who will probably, if they win the Big 12, there's another team that is probably going to get in. And then you got that fourth spot. And, you know, USC will be there one loss, and if they win their conference championship. So Tennessee has got a, I would agree, more impressive resume than either one of those. If you two lose to Georgia, two. you're 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 putting a lot of pennies in the other team's piggy bank. Right. Like you're 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 banking on a lot of stuff to go your way. Mm-hmm. But I still, I mean. But back to your point. And I don't. And I don't. Jesse made the point. I don't think this team is overlooking anybody because I feel like they've been hearing this since they beat Pitt. Right. Like just the next game's the biggest game. Right. Florida. They came out. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at the end, it was a little, a little sketchy. A little, yeah, a little scary. They win that game. They go to, they go to Death Valley. They're here in all week. You can't win in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. They could not have beat LSU worse. Like embarrassed them. The, the, I think it was the worst Brian Kelly's ever lost. It was yes. in a home, in a home game. It absolutely embarrassed the LSU program. Bama. Obviously, a lot of people picked Tennessee in this game simply based off of 
you know, everything we've already seen. But for them to actually do it, right, like it's crazy, right. And I'll be honest, if if they handle business this week against UT Martin, like obviously I'm, I mean, they they're going to. They go. They play Kentucky. They should handle business. They're already a fourteen point favorite in that. Two weeks out. I didn't know that. I think we'll be favored against Georgia in Athens. I don't know why we wouldn't. I would argue that it's it, the spread's going to be close. The spread will be two and a half, two, and it'll probably be because of location, probably the home team. But that's going to be a three thirty CBS game. Game day might be at another UT game. I would I would assume. I mean, if if both teams stay undefeated, right? That there's no other place that could have a, a more argument. And we're, I mean, like we're looking we're looking ahead, and not that doesn't mean I'm looking I'm overlooking, you know any team before Georgia because, like I said, I think this team's not built that way. Like, they're... I don't think the coaching staff's built that yeah, way. Yeah, I don't think this team's built that way, but... I said before the season, you know, nine wins, ten wins would have been insane. I thought it was doable. But to beat Bama in year two, in the craziness that was the Florida rivalry, mm-hmm. go to Death Valley and just stomp. LSU, I mean. A good LSU team. So far, it's been like Not picture great, perfect. And as a battered ball fan, I'm kind of wondering what's, you know, where's the drop off? Because we, we've we never experienced I mean, anything like this. <laughs> and also, imagine what this offense is doing if they have Cedric Tillman. And I'll also preface that by saying, I think we're a better team because Cedric got hurt. I would agree. When that man comes back, agree. you have Ramel Keaton, who's shown he is a very serviceable receiver. Absolutely. Jalen Hyatt has completely came out of his shell. I mean, he just broke a school record against Alabama. That man's not going to buy his own alcohol in Knoxville for probably his entire lifetime. No, and he and he really helped his draft stock. Really Absolutely. Really yeah, I mean, he – Brew McCoy, solid target, possession guy. He's not going to beat a lot of people with his speed. No, but he is. But he, he showed he the last play of the game at Spama. He's going to go up and get a ball for you. Yep. So when Tillman does come back, this coaching staff said before the season they, they want to have six, seven guys that they can rotate a receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like before Tillman went out, we were very isolated towards him mm-hmm. for a good reason. Oh, yeah. But now that he's gotten hurt, it's almost made other receivers have to step up. Right. But I think it's more, I'm more lean on the quarterback side of that argument. Well, is, it plays both ways. Is yeah. Hooker has had to find a way to push the ball and not have Tillman as a safety blanket. And, right. And Hyatt was the – he's always been the stretch guy. He's always been the guy that's going to take the top off. But he's had to rely on Bruce – Bruce McCoy, I mean, his physicality as a receiver, his hands, um, and Keaton coming through like he has. And, and I'm going to get into the game in a minute, but he has just shown leaps and bounds that – he could step in at any point in time in the game and be a stretch guy or be a possession guy. Behind Jalen Hyatt, I would say that um, Ramel Keaton from the Florida game, I- I've thought this, is the most improved player 100%. on Tennessee football team. 100%. Like, compared to, to last season, he got minimal playing time. He just, I mean, didn't look impressive. Mm-hmm. He's made several, I mean, humongous plays. I mean the the diving catch against Florida. Oh my goodness! That that allows you to go 
drive down the field and score before halftime and probably, I mean, it does completely flip the momentum. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, one of the biggest plays of the game, the catch against Bama, the last the last Same drive, last he runs one. an in route, catches mm-hmm. it, and Brew catches another one. I don't know, I could talk, I, I could just keep talking, but the fact that we're in a playoff discussion right? in year two, It's an unreal feeling. It's a, yeah, it's a very surreal. It doesn't feel r- real. Like I'm. Not as a Vols fan. I mean, just I mean, just to be honest. Name a, name any program that is with a brand new coach is going to a playoff game. How quickly did um, Clemson Dabo turn it turn that program around? Three years, you four years. No, it was it was like four or five okay. years. I feel I, I'm, like I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah, no. Ron Day, maybe. Ron Day. But that's but that's a different situation. That's a different situation. Yeah. They went uh, from Urban Meyer to you know Luke Fickle for however many games it was, and even, then Ron Day. Even Lincoln Riley, when he took over in Oklahoma, took over for Kingsbury. Uh, no, no, for uh, I'm talking about Lincoln Riley, you know, taking over for. Uh, oh, you're talking about USC. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about Oklahoma when he took over when Bob Stoops stepped down. Lincoln Riley became the guy. It was still a few. Am I wrong about that? They were. Where was Kingsbury at before he went to the NFL? Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It was still a few years before. Right. Oklahoma was. I'm trying to think, just off the top of my head, I have never seen a program go from an absolute dumpster fire that was Tennessee no. two years ago to being in a playoff That's discussion. Ridiculous. You you had. The amount of starters across college football that started their careers at Tennessee right now, that's not at Tennessee, mm-hmm. and we're still doing this. Eric Gray, for one. That was the name that came to mind. Henry T., which, explicit, that guy. Like, uh, Is Crouch still at Michigan State? He, no, he didn't hear the portal again. Oh, did he? Okay. Uh, one Morris, Morris, the 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 safety that I can't think of his name right now, who was a big time recruit coming in. Yeah, Harrison Bailey. Um, none, of, none of the quarterbacks are quarterbacks that were mm-hmm. there before. I mean, there's there's a whole list. Um, we had another line. Who was the other linebacker? We had not just Crouch. Was Henry T. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned Henry T. Um, Those are the two that come to my mind. I feel like we lost another DB besides the safety. But, I mean, there's so many, so many players that, that left. just up and left. And would have been key people. I mean, I can't. Eric Gray in, uh, oh, in this, this offense. offense. Um, well, then we even had uh, Ty Evans. He left, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Um, well, think about if this offense gets Jameer Gibbs. Because we were in a battle for him. It was yeah, close. It was close. Ended up losing him to Bama. We were in a I – I I would say we were in more of a battle for Jameer Gibbs than we were Zach Evans. I would agree. But could you imagine? And I'm like, I think our running back room is solid now. Jabari Small, 
personally is my favorite. I like the way he he right. he squeezes through and gets you extra yards. But Jalen Wright's also good. Um, but imagine those kind of athletes, right? Because I'm thinking ahead right now, and Tennessee has been selling a, a program for so long just based off like hype and potential and facilities and what we can do and right potential this is like program changing right like i mean i think we we don't even know the totality yet but the amount of recruits that you just right. got on campus absolutely i agree i want to go back to the game i mean we talked about tennessee and and what they are and and the implications on down the road i want to get back into the game Alabama had 17 penalties for, what was it, 130 yards? Is that right? Nine of those, as I look back and I I counted through, nine of them are procedural. Those were false starts, delay of games. They were anyone, 100%. And and Alabama wants to complain about the refs and, and all that. I'm sorry. It was the environment caused that. I think another four were holding calls, and they were blatantly off. I thought all I didn't. I didn't disagree with a single PI call on either side of the game. I agreed with one. I disagreed with one. I disagreed well, with the, the, one, the, the one yeah. that the one. I, yes, that yeah, the one in the end zone was was pretty blatantly obvious offensive PI. It was. Um, but the, but now and r- and r- it, to the Alabama receiver, he sold it. He sold it really well. And if if we if we lose that game. You look at that play as like was a that? game changer because it was it was third and a mile, and they got bailed out and they ended up scoring a touchdown. Yes, like it was a it was a game changing miss call. It was a game changing call, or it could have been. Luckily, well, right. Luckily, you get one back on kind of a same similar situation with Brew McCoy in the end zone, or no, it's Princeton fan. It was fan, yes. Where they get they get an interception. And and at the time I was like, oh man, we just got bailed out. But then you go back and watch it. And it's it's like obvious. It's what Bama does every week. They have a receiver wrapped up before the ball's even mm-hmm. near. Mm-hmm. Same thing they did against Texas A&M in the end zone week prior. Right. I mean, well, that's my thing. That when, I'm trying to get back to the penalties. Is Alabama had I think 13 against A&M, had 14 or 15 against Texas when they played at Texas. So this isn't you know an outlier game as far as penalties goes for, for the Tide. This is something that's been going on. It's who they are. But the biggest, yeah. over half of their penalties be, was because of Neyland, was because of the environment that the fans caused, just being loud. So it, it's weird because they don't. To it, there was what, I think I think there was four PIs on Alabama called? Four, maybe five? We've said this before a few times, or I know I have, that this is the most beatable Bama team I've seen in Recent memory, but they're so undisciplined. That's like you would not expect. Like they have plenty of veterans on that team Mm -hmm. for them to be as undisciplined as they are, especially on defense. I I completely agree with that. That Bama, because I think I even might have said that initially, is that this is the most beatable Bama team. But at the same time. And I think you said at the beginning, you know, I'm I'm very glad that that Bryce Young played in this game, because if he had not played in the game, it would have been the same type of story that Texas fans use that crutch 
about you know their game with Bama and even the game in 09 with Bama. Well, if our quarterback had played, we'd won the game. And it, and it could have very well happened. But I'm glad we were able to play Bryce Young. But I will say, too, um, to kind of somewhat disagree with what you said about you know this being the most beatable to Bama team, Bryce Young is the most dynamic quarterback in the nation. It, well, it, the most dynamic quarterback Bama has ever had in my memory. The only other quarterback that I can think of that was this explosive and this dynamic was Jalen Hurts, and Bryce Young has a much better arm, much better field vision than Jalen Hurts ever had. I would agree. The Jalen Hurts in the NFL now is actually a quarterback, but the Jalen Hurts back then was a massive running back with an arm. Right. You know, and uh, he could he could throw it downfield. But, Bryce, dude, Bryce Young absolutely kept him in the game. There were moments where we would have him completely bottled up and – I, the one play I remember um, that's coming to mind for me is uh, they were on, I think, the 10 going in, and I we think we have a sack, and he stops, and then and everybody's you know flowing down for the crashing and run support, and he steps back and just zips it in for a touchdown. Oh, to the tight end. To the tight end, yeah. Yep, to I the back in the, the about mid back of the end zone. And without, it's just like. Without Brown Young, I think that's. I think we beat him by 14, 17 points. I, I think we, I think we run away with I, it. I absolutely agree. I think that if he's if he doesn't play, we beat them by because we still had an opportunity. You mentioned, you know, the play on that third and whatever it was. It was third and goal too. It was third and goal because it was first and goal, and then they had a couple penalties, and then I think what caused him to get so? Did we take a did they take a sack? Is that what caused him to get so far back? Well, I know they had penalties, but I feel like we made a play, or maybe it was a tackle for loss or something. I think it was like a swing pass or something to Gibbs, and the corner came up and made a pretty good play. And then the penalties pushed it further, even yeah, further back. Right. Uh, and that was with Bryce Young. Right. Without Bryce, and we still had an opportunity to beat him by, by seven. Mm-hmm. With Without Bryce Young, I think we beat him by two scores, three scores possibly. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I think if you if you beat if you beat them without Bryce Young, there's it's just not the same feeling because there's still a lot of questions, right? But you're 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 beating them at full strength. There there's absolutely no way you can say that Bryce Young wasn't 100 percent. Like he he looked like Bryce Young. I mean, yeah. he threw for 500 yards. He he was easily 17 point difference in the game. Like he made countless plays. He's just dynamic. He's shifty. He's small enough where he can you know dip through the tackles and and not get you know a palm to the chest or whatever. But um, beating them with Bryce, like you, you just know what you're going to get now. Like you, like I can, I can go into Kentucky Week or, or Georgia Week and know what to expect. Right. Last thing I've done, I swear, because I know we're coming up on time. Um, same type of thing. Without Hendon Hooker, we don't even come close to winning this ballgame. 100%. And so with that, I want to say this. I know I'm sound like Tennessee Homer, but I don't care at this point. I'm just being speaking truth. Whether you're a Tennessee fan or not, Hendon Hooker is the most important player in the country. Oh, I would agree with that. 100%. I would agree. And the Heisman Trophy used to be the best player, the most important player for that team in the country. We have somehow shifted gears to the best player on the best team. I don't know where that came from, but – it needs to get back to what it used to be. 
Um, I think either way. Hennon Hooker had his Heisman moment Saturday. Mm-hmm. By driving down the field, and was it 15 seconds, that what you said? Yes. I think it was about. 20. By driving down the field in 15 seconds, setting them up in, in field goal position to win the game, mm-hmm. that was his Heisman moment. I think he just – yes, they were. I think he just – I don't want to say he solidified it, but I think he put himself in a comfortable driving position mm-hmm. for the Heisman Trophy. I, I understand C.J. Stroud's having a phenomenal season. Bryce Young's having a phenomenal season. But Hendon Hooker is the most important player in college football for the Tennessee Vols. And so I think that he has the best case, the best um, chance at winning the Heisman, in my opinion. Uh, but anyways, we we may get to see that matchup if if Tennessee does takes care of business, takes care of business, and, and gets in the playoffs. We we Ole Miss. We we would probably see that that matchup, and that that would be so cool. Right. Oh, I'm just saying, in a playoff situation, you very likely may get a Hendon Hooker versus C.J. Stroud matchup. Oh yeah, that would be a. But that's way down the road. Do you have anything else, Jesse? Austin. Do I don't know if there's really else? anything else to add. I mean, okay, so I'm gonna end it with this: Bryce Young's a dude. Jameer Gibbs is a dude. Both of them are phenomenal players. The tight end, I can't. The one you just spoke of from Alabama, I can't think of his name. Well, there, there's two. I think his number was 81, but I can't remember his name. One of them's Law 2, mm-hmm. and I can't think of the other guy's name, but they're both great tight ends. And that's another thing I'm glad we were able to, to compete against because Michigan has – or not Michigan, Michigan, good grief. Georgia has probably the best tight ends in the country. Right. I know they have the best tight end in the country. Um, so that was great to see. Anyways, yeah, Law 2 is one of them. I can't think – are you looking that up? If you can find it in time, it's fine. If not, no, no big deal. But their tight ends played phenomenal. And I'll go on the, out here and say Alabama played phenomenal. They played a great game. Um, Bryce Young took shots, you know, and, and got up. There's a couple times we got him, and, I mean, we, we hit him pretty hard. One of them, I think, that it was the, the targeting call that got overturned. And when he got up, he was smiling like, that's all right. Come on, you know, come on back. I, I, we, I'm good. And you know, as a fan, I don't care if you're a Tennessee fan, an Alabama fan, whoever. If you see a guy that's maybe not going to play, maybe 75, percent and he gets up after getting getting taking a shot like that, and he's smiling, that's kind of cool. I don't care who you are. That was that was kind of cool to see. But Alabama's a very good football team, and I expect them to run the table. I hope Tennessee can run the table. And we can get another rematch of this game because it was everything that it was hyped up to be. It's the third Saturday in October, it's you know, it's what it should be. It should be a rivalry game that's highly contested. Listen, the last thing I'll add. Tennessee's defense is gonna live or die by sending six or seven. We have to. Right. I get that statistically they're god like they're awful. But they're I I'm not gonna say I was impressed. I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm impressed with their play this season, but they've been doable. They've been serviceable. Like they they they're abandoned, don't break. They they get to the quarterback when it matters. And 
you have to think they get how, enough stops how much that they're on the field too. Right, and I mean that they get key stops, mm-hmm. and that's all you need from them. Mm-hmm. They they play tough. You, it's really hard to run the ball in this defense. It really like, is. I, 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 I mean, I get statistically, you know, it may not look like it, but for me, holding Jameer Gibbs to 100 yards is pretty good. Oh yeah, because like I said, he's a dude. He's, like, I'll, he's, I'll take he's that. He's good. I'll take that. He's good, good. But, anyways, the, back to what I was saying was, Tennessee did exactly what you guys have said. They they took the shots, and they came back. I think the the, the play that you're thinking about where we came back in two plays and hit height for a 70-something-yard touchdown, I think was after the interception. I could be wrong, but I think we had thrown a pick, you know, the only pick that Hooker threw in the game. And Alabama scores, they go up by seven. Maybe, maybe at that point been eight because we had missed the field goal or extra point. And he comes back, hands the ball off, and the next throw is hot for six. And then we tie the game up with a two-point conversion. I think is how that happened. Well, I was just saying but that. It's just what, I, what I'm getting at is they didn't quit. They gave the fumble up. They came back, drove right. down, scored. That There was no quit in the team. They constantly tried to fight, claw, do whatever they had to do to get back in the game. When they were in the scoop and score, and I was like, wow, we just lost. Mm-hmm. Because any other team the past 16 years, that's an automatic loss. Like, mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's more impressive that you won the way you did. Like You took punches. Mm-hmm. It's a really good team. You fought back. Kick a game-winning field goal. Right. Um, for me, and, I, and I, so I'm older than these guys, so I can remember 05, maybe 04, we played Florida at home. And I think his name was Lincoln. Daniel missed the extra point in the Florida game. And then kicked the game winner. And, I mean, how cool was it for McGrath to, you know, after he missed an extra point, kick the game winning field goal. Put it on his shoulders and he won. May have been 06. But I think it was – maybe in 05. It was somewhere in that time frame. I can remember. 04 was the year when we played Auburn. Seems like it was, but but anyways. That's it for me. You guys got anything else? All right, guys, join us again tomorrow. We're going to be giving our game picks. Austin Kid Music. Had to be Rocky Top, guys. Great game, Bama. Hope to see you in Atlanta. Until next time, guys, it's the Gridiron Gurus. Appreciate it, guys.